Hi everyone, Brian Sussman here, the Another Chance podcast, and we're reading from the book Holiest of All by Andrew Murray. It's a book about the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. We're in chapter 1, verse 7, 8, and 9. I'm reading from the Old Testament here, but before we get into this, let's let's prepare our heart, our heart which is his home. Let's prepare our heart filled with the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the Word of God. You know, without, without the Holy Spirit in us, these are just words. They bounce off our foreheads. But with the Holy Spirit, we can interpret what the Spirit is saying. So Lord, just open our eyes to your truth. Speak to us, Lord. Convict us if you must. But draw us closer to you in all circumstances. In your Son's name, Jesus, the outshining of your glory. Amen. Okay, here we go. Uh, chapter 1, verse 7, 8, 9. And of the angels he saith, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Let's go back and reread that. And of the angels he, God, saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. That's, by the way, from the book of Psalms. But of the Son he has saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the scepter of uprightness is the scepter of thy kingdom. So in other words, angels are special creatures, but the Son of God, whoo, way above the angel's pay grade. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Again, this also from the book of Psalms. So this writer to the Hebrews, the first Messianic Jews, is using the Old Testament to prove Jesus as Messiah. So let's begin with what Andrew Murray is saying here. In contrast to what is said of the angels as servants, the Holy Spirit has saith of the Son, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Christ is not only the Son, but is God. He is one with the Father. As Son, he is partaker of the Father's own nature and being. Messiah is God. To many Christians, this has been a dead article of faith, held fast and proved out of Scripture, but without any living influence on the soul. I was thinking about this earlier today. I've known people who went to Bible college, got their master's in theology, doctorate of divinity, etc. And they, they've never surrendered to Jesus. They've got awful baggage in their life. They're living lifestyles that are in complete contrast to the will of God, but they do these things, I guess, to make themselves feel godly, good. But that's not what God wants. He doesn't want a feeling of godliness. He doesn't want a feeling of doing good. He wants our hearts. So Murray goes on to say, the true to the true believer, it is one of the deepest and most precious truths for the nourishment of the inner life. Messiah is God. Christ is God. Jesus is God. The soul worships him as the Almighty One, able to do a divine work in the power of divine omnipotence. Christ is God. Jesus is God. Messiah is God. Even as God works in all nature from within, 
and in secret. So the soul trusts in Christ as the everywhere present and the indwelling one, doing his saving work in the hidden depths of its being. Christ is God. Jesus is Lord. Messiah. In him we come into living contact with the person and life of God himself. The truth lies at the foundation of this book of Hebrews. And the Christian life it would build up. Christ is God. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever, we just read in the scripture. So as God, Christ is king. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever, ever. He is, he is the king. The throne of heaven belongs to him. Remember, he sits at the right hand of the father. When an earthly father has begotten a son, they may be separated from each other by great distance, both in place and character, and they know each other no more. Certainly we've seen that before. Maybe you're that son, or we could make it that daughter if you'd like. But in the divine being, it can't be. The father and the son are inseparable, one in life, one in love. All that the father is and has, the son is and has too. The father is ever in the son and the son in the father. God is on the throne and Christ in him. The throne and the kingdom are Christ's too. Forever and ever. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Christ is the king eternal. That's what forever and ever means. His dominion is an everlasting one. The full meaning of the word eternal will become more clear to us as we continue to study this book of Hebrews. Eternal is that which each moment Eternal is that with each moment and always exists in full strength, immovable, unchangeable. That's eternal. It's hard for us to grasp. The rule of Messiah, our priest king, even now in our souls, is the power of an endless, imperishable life. The faith that receives this will experience it. Eternal life, eternal love. It is, it really is above our pay grade. And yet we do have a glimpse of eternity in that of the universe. You look up at the sky, it goes on and on and on and on. That's our glimpse of eternity. God's given that to us, I believe, as a gift. That's, that's the one thing that represents eternity to this human mind in terms of what we can see. And the scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Jesus is a righteous king. He is a righteous king. In his kingdom, all righteousness and holiness is found. Grace reigns through righteousness. It is the kingdom of heaven. It is the will of God done on earth as it is in heaven. Therefore, God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of joy above thy fellows. We just read that. Therefore, God, thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of joy above thy fellows. When the Hebrews read these verses that 
the writer was giving them in this book of Hebrews, they, they recognized what was being said here. This writer was talking about an anointed king, Messiah, anointed. Therefore, because he loved righteousness and hated iniquity, therefore God anointed him. And, and when he ascended to heaven and sat down at the right hand of the Father on the throne, he received from the Father anew and in fullest measure as the Son of Man the gift of the Holy Ghost to bestow upon his people. That's from Acts chapter 2, verse 33. Let me take a sip of coffee here. Love coffee, friends. <laughs> In moderation. But I love coffee. For such a time as this, my friends. That spirit was to him the oil of joy. <laughs> this, this coffee, to me, is, is a temporary oil of joy. <laughs> but we're talking about the eternal oil of joy here. <laughs> An anointing above his fellows, for there was none like him. God gave him the spirit without measure. You know, that's the beautiful thing. I mean, we, we can read these together. We can talk about this thing. And we don't have to be pious. We can just be ourselves. We can read these scriptures and smile and laugh. Because this, this is fullness of joy. To me, to me this, is, this is not, these podcasts to me are not a burden. They're, they're a joy. I, I believe I'm getting more out of it than any of you. Ah, oh, boy. Oh, friends, let me see, tell you what Andrew Murray says here. This is beautiful. His kingdom is one of everlasting gladness, of joy unspeakable, of full of glory. Oh, ye souls, he says, redeemed by Christ, behold your God. the son in whom the father speaks. I was just getting a vision of this as we're speaking. You know, we are the bride, uh, the church. We, we Christians, we follower of Jesus. We're the bride of Christ. That's what the Bible says. We're the bride of Christ. And certainly, well, okay, I'm thinking of my own wedding. Many, many, many years ago. And we, uh, we played this straight up. I had not seen my wife on our wedding day until she was revealed to the entire assembly when she was when she was getting ready to walk down the aisle behold my bride behold my bride that was just awesome so let's turn it around here because Andrew Murray says, O ye souls redeemed by Christ, behold your God. I, I was awestruck when I saw my wife prior to her walking down the aisle. I was just, I was gaga, goo goo, couldn't speak. <laughs> it was how much more when we see Christ on the throne. I, you know, 
I, I just think that personally, I think my face is going to be buried in the sand worshiping for a thousand years. Andrew Murray goes on to say, let this be the chief thing you live for, to know, to honor, to serve your God and King. This is the only son in whom God speaks to you in all the divine mystery, but also with the divine power and blessing which marks all God's speaking. Let our hearts open wide to receive King God given us. So we, we've talked about a couple of earthly examples here. Eternity in the universe. And then I remember seeing my, my wife that was like, whoa, behold your bride. How much more behold your God. And as often as we are tempted with the Hebrews, to which this book was written, to sloth or fear or unbelief, let this be our watchword and our strength, Andrew Murray reminds us. My Redeemer is God. Your Redeemer is not money, my friends. Your Redeemer is not a job. Your Redeemer is not stature. Your Redeemer is not power. Your Redeemer is God. And in this faith, oh, we worship him. My Redeemer is God. Andrew Murray closes with what might as well be a prayer. In this faith, let me worship him. Let my whole heart be open to him. Let's just, let's take this as a prayer right now. In this faith, Lord, let me worship you. Let my whole heart be open to you to receive as a flower does the light of the sun, your secret, mighty, divine work in me. Let me trust you, Lord, to work out in me every promise and to set up your throne of righteousness in my soul in a power that is above all I can ask or think. Let me wait for you. Let me count upon you to reveal yourself in the love that passage passeth all knowledge. Oh, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. My Redeemer is God. Wow. Amen. Thank you, friends, for joining me in this Another Chance podcast edition. And we'll continue next time. God bless you. God bless the United States of America.